Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. For 13 years, I've been a professional intuitive, but I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. It is Saturday, July 20th, 2019, as I record this introduction. It's the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, the first lunar landing. I'm enjoying all the special footage and documentaries and movies that are on this weekend commemorating man's first walk on the moon. This week I have a pep talk for you about shooting the moon, chasing your dreams, and following through and making things happen. As always, there's an oracle segment at the end of the show, so be thinking about a question or a concern you have. Hold it in your mind, and I'll come back on after the final links and credits and leave you with that extra message. Fifty years ago was a milestone summer for mankind. In addition to the Apollo 11 mission, it was the summer of love, Woodstock, the Stonewall riots that sparked the LGBTQ civil rights movement, and it was my arrival on the planet in human form, at least in this incarnation. If you're listening to this the day it goes live in the feed, it's July 23rd, it's Tuesday, and it's my 50th birthday. My brother was born the day before my fourth birthday on July 22nd, so we always spend them together. It's a bit like being twins and sharing a birthday, especially when we were kids. We'd do special trips like amusement parks or whitewater rafting, going to the beach, going to Disney World. This year there was a lot of pressure to do something big for my milestone birthday, but to tell you honestly, it's just not really me. I don't mind being older at all. I love the age I am. I was relieved by every birthday that I've had. I always feel closer to the life that I want. I just do not like birthday parties or that kind of attention. It's a little bit excruciating for me. I ran into a friend yesterday at the grocery store who has a young son who's about to have a birthday, and he told me his little boy doesn't like birthday parties either. The attention is just too much for him. He ends up in a corner somewhere being a total wallflower, and he's just happier doing something small, but maybe still special, but just not with a lot of fanfare or people involved. So they made a choice that until he's older, they're just not going to force birthday parties on him. If he wants one later, if he grows out of that, he can let them know. And so I shared, you know, my feelings. Um, I was that way at four years old, and I'm still kind of that way. And I just wanted to affirm for them that I thought that was really great that they were presenting it to him as an option. (laughs) Um, It really should be your option to celebrate your birthday how you want to. But, you know, it really means the most to your parents, to my parents, to my family, to my mother in particular. This is their milestone, really. It's her milestone. Um, you know, I was joking with her. Just think, 50 years ago today, you were nine months pregnant at the end of July in the South. <laughs> um, so I kind of chose a few weeks ago to sort of give my birthday to them and do sort of more what they wanted to do. I've spread my birthday feelings throughout the summer. I'm just sort of upgrading all the little things that I do. I'm buying myself more presents. I, you know, got a nicer cabin when I went camping. I'm going camping again, and I'm going to do a nicer cabin again. You know, that's the way that I'm celebrating. 
um, my 50th. Um, but I wanted to just let this sort of be like what my mom wanted to make it because it means more to her than anyone else. So my brother is bringing my godson, my two-year-old nephew, up to play with me for my birthday, and that's what we'll do together. Um, chase a little boy around a playground while my parents watch and take pictures. I always say when it comes to social engagements, if you have to think about it too much, you probably don't want to go. And that's okay to just acknowledge that and say, no, I'm going to stay home and do something different. Thank you to all of you who continue to pledge your support on Patreon. It demonstrates that you're enjoying this show and you want it to continue. Listeners who support the show on Patreon can access a guided meditation called Messages from Your Spirit Guides, exclusive bonus episodes, and there's also a mastery level of support where you can download one of my courses for free each month. This month, the free course is Automatic Author. It's the blueprinting system and automatic writing techniques I use to produce all my nonfiction, courses, podcast scripts, teleseminars, books, and ebooks. If you have a project like that and you want a step by step plan to execute, this, in my opinion, is the most valuable thing that I've ever put out into the world. It's the thing that I would go back in time and deliver to my teenage self if I could. So to find out how you can become a patron, support my time in producing this show, and access that extra bonus content, please go to patreon.com slash shiftyourspirits. Gwendolyn Christie, the actor who plays Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones, submitted herself for an Emmy this week, and she got the nomination. Now, the reason why this is cool, and I talked to my PR person, and she was telling me that it often happens that if the company or the producers who made the show don't submit the actor's name, that oftentimes their publicist will submit it for them. In this case, HBO submitted all the other actresses for Best Supporting Actress in this huge ensemble cast from Game of Thrones which was on for several seasons, and Gwendolyn Christie was not put forward. Now, I personally thought in all that huge cast, her casting was the most brilliant. Like that actor paired with that part, she was exactly everything described in the book. And that's true for a lot of those characters as well. But hers, first and foremost, just one of the absolute best choices uh, in bringing that show to life was casting her as Brienne of Tarth. And so she put her own name out there. She said, uh, hey, wait a minute. I think I should be considered. And what's unusual here is that people often do submit themselves or they have their publicists do it for them and they usually don't get the nomination. But this week she submitted herself and they said, yeah, We'd like to consider you as um, one of the actors in the Best Supporting Actress category. Um, now, she's up against Julia Garner from Ozark, by the way. So I'm a little torn about that because that's one of my favorite performances of stage and screen um, in the last couple of years. But anyway, 
really inspiring story. She's such a badass anyway, both off screen, out of character, and, you know, on the show as well. So I was really pumped about that story this week. And one of our members in the Automatic Intuition community posted and started a conversation about chasing the dream. Uh, this idea of uh, you know starting your own business, taking a leap of faith and transitioning out of a more traditional job into doing what you love, you know, being a creative entrepreneur, putting yourself out there as a healer. And he just was looking for some support or wisdom or guidance from the group about, you know, the fact that sometimes he worried that maybe he was a little nuts in doing this. Even though other people, even like you said, people who had totally muggle businesses um, were, you know, describing to him that it did kind of require a little bit of a leap of faith um, and a little bit of craziness to think that you can, you know, there's an audacity in it. Um, But still he was just looking for some perspective. And I think where he is, is where I often find myself Um, A couple times a year, actually, and especially when I'm working on specific projects. Um, In the planning stages of a project, I usually feel very excited and on top of it and in control and able to make a lot of decisions and put a plan together. I do plan things pretty. I'm not a pantser. I outline things and I do a lot of journaling and mind mapping and make to-do lists and I break it down, you know, and I don't go in just like, oh, I'm just going to go in inspired because I know that that you run out of that fuel and you're going to need something other than just a burst of inspiration to get you through all the work and the in-between stages. Um, so I think where he was is that place where you will find yourself if you go out on a limb, go out on your own, create your own thing, put it out there. What happens is you get part of the way through the journey and then you start to lose some of that effervescent joy that you had when you started it and you're just left with this sense of like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Was I crazy to start this? What was the reason I was doing this? I wrote an author friend of mine recently and I said, please tell me that when you're writing a book that you have an overwhelming sense that you should be writing another book instead. And she wrote me back and she said, 100% it happens every single book I write. And I was like, okay, good. Cause it happens to me every single thing I write. I get, you know, 75% of the way through it. And I think, oh damn it. I really should have spent this time and energy on something cooler than this, you know? Um, so apparently it's normal. Um, my advice to him was to stick to the plan that you made when you were in a better headspace, right? Because, you know, the headspace you were in when you decided to do this was very measured and thoughtful and you put a plan together. He, he shared, you know, his plan and how he had gone about it very systematically and you, do all this from a place of, of power and logic. And, you know, so when you get out there and you get lost in the woods a little bit and you start to get scared and you start to doubt and you run out of steam and you're tired and you're hungry and you're lost, 
that's not the time to change the plan. That's not the time to make decisions because you're making decisions from a place of fear and weakness. What you have to do is reconnect with the person who started this venture, the you from uh, you know, a couple months ago who is also connected to the you a few months down the road when everything works out and it's great and you pull it off. Um, so when you're strung in between those two places, you don't start remapping. You don't start rerouting. You know, this isn't ways. It's not going to find you a different way to go. That's not a good thing to do when you're not in the mindset. And I've been there. I was there this week and I'm going to share a little bit of that with you in just a minute. But if you find yourself in a place of weakness and doubt, but yet you made a plan from a better headspace, it's a very simple conclusion there. The choice is stick with the you that made a clear plan, not the you that's freaked out and wanting to bolt. That plan serves as a little bit of a map and a compass point, and sometimes you do have to reorient yourself to that and just go through the motions and get through that day where you feel terrible and you want to abandon it and you want to go back and say, forget it, abort, I don't want to do this. Um, when you get to that point, what I found, the thing, well, it can go one of two ways. You either sit your ass down and you do what you were going to do that day anyway, even though you don't feel great about it, you plod through that next chapter or whatever it is. Do that next thing on your to-do list. Or if you've worked yourself into such a frenzy that you cannot think straight and you're just paralyzed, walk away, step away, go do something else. Go do a walking meditation, go get in your body, go um, work out, which is what I usually do. Burn through some of that ethereal exhaust fumes that's hovering around you and um, and get grounded. Just focus on get grounded in your body and let all the mental stuff go. Just let it like evaporate away from you. Um, and don't even do it thinking, oh, I'm going to go burn this off and then I'm going to have a brilliant breakthrough. Don't even put yourself through that. Just say, I'm stepping away. I'm focusing on being in my body, being present, being grounded. And do something joyful if you can. If you're not so upset that you can't go watch a movie or something, go to the movie with your friends or take your kids to do something fun, you know, go to a playground, whatever, shake it off. My general advice for everybody who is considering doing anything remotely entrepreneurial is you better set your mindset now to understand that this cycle that we just talked about, that we were describing this burst of manic depressive, I'm on top of the world, this is brilliant, I can do anything, and then this two days later, like, oh my God, what was I thinking? I'm an idiot. Um, that is an ongoing cycle. It's like you're traveling a mountain range right over the, the top. And when you're up high, you have this clear view of where you're headed, and then when you're down in between the mountains in a valley and there's no sunlight hitting you and it's cold and you can't see over the next hill and, you know, you feel lost and you feel down. And if you 
think of this as like a slow motion roller coaster. That might be a better way to visualize it than a mountain, than traveling a mountain range. Um, of course, it's walking, it's trudging, it's not fast, you know. But if you could imagine like this roller coaster in slow motion, if you hug the tracks going all the way up with the highs and all the way down with the lows, then you are on this constant emotional roller coaster and it's really exhausting especially when it's going to bring you back to relatively the same altitude again here in the next week here in the next day maybe even from morning to afternoon so if you really hug the rails you're going to drive yourself nuts what i like to do is to try to visualize myself hovering over the tracks picture yourself as a drone that is following the path of the roller coaster, but staying at a relatively same altitude emotionally. Stay up high from above. View everything from above. A little bit disconnected. Don't ride the roller coaster. Don't look at things on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or a monthly basis. Back out. Zoom out in Google Maps Look at everything from quarters, meaning three-month periods, seasonal. Like that's as small as you can go. And once you've done this for more than a year or more than two years, you start to accumulate LY data, last year information, so that when you go, oh, crap, nobody's listening to the podcast in July. Why are the downloads tanking? You can look at the previous year and go, you know what? It happens every summer. July downloads drop. People are on vacation and doing different things. And you know what? People just aren't on the internet in the same way that they are during other times of year. And you have something logical to go on to support that, to keep you from having a nervous breakdown about it. Um, But the idea is that, you know what? That feeling that you're feeling a couple months into your new project holy crap, what was I thinking? Am I nuts to be doing this? You're going to think that again and again and again and again. And so just some tough love here. Plan on that and start to orient yourself around what will allow me to ride that roller coaster without going nuts. And for me, it's it's hovering above it and trying to just... Stay a a step disconnected emotionally, actually. I have a theme song for entrepreneurial creative liftoff, especially when I'm feeling a little doubtful. I'll post a link to it. The song is Now or Never Now by Metric, one of my favorite bands. This is just a really good song to go and listen to really loud, preferably in your car while driving, and just, uh, it pumps me up. So that's my pump-up song, specifically for the whole idea of, oh no, what have I done? This is a terrible idea. I need to scurry back to do the safe thing that I've been doing. Because the question that I asked him first, before I even gave advice, was I said, you know what, there comes a point with your ideas and with your dreams where not pursuing them is simply worse. 
not trying is worse than all the drama and angst of doing it now or never. So I have a new audio venture. It's kind of a new business. It's another facet to my business. I have, you know, different, it's like an octopus over here. So I have a new arm to my octopus. Um, I did that episode recently, like a month or two ago, where I talked about reinventing yourself and about how much joy I was getting out of doing something starting from scratch. Actually, this is not another arm to my octopus. This is kind of another octopus. I'm not even using the same name. Um, You know, I'm really starting from scratch with this. And the reasons why I'm doing that is not because it's a top secret so much as because I have learned the hard way that muddying the algorithms of Amazon and Google with confusing audiences and, you know, um, business types and genres and all those different kinds of things is very detrimental. Uh, It makes a lot of sense for me to separate things and use different names when I'm doing something that's not a perfect overlay. Like one existent audience to the next is not, you know, everyone who likes Shifter Spirits is not going to like this other stuff and vice versa. So, um, but as I was going through the process of creating a different name to separate it from a very practical marketing kind of standpoint, I really got into the whole process of reinvention and how liberating it was to do something that wasn't me where I get to do something new you know we always think about ooh, what if I got to do everything over knowing what I know um so there's you know it's 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 exciting to build something new from scratch um while still having you know the wisdom and experience and the rehearsing that you've done um so it's kind of like the best of both experiences but this is not easy because the new people the new clients the new audience the, you know all the people involved in the production and the community behind my new business venture um don't know me the way you guys do now there were a few people who originally know me from this podcast and that opens some doors to people asking me um, to do some other audio production work for them and to do some narration. So I've been working on developing skills as a narrator, um, upgrading a lot of tech, um, sound tech-wise, so that I can produce different kinds of files at different standards than you know what I've been doing for the podcast. Um, but the biggest thing that's missing that makes me go, oh shit, why did I think this was a good idea? Is that, you know, with you guys, I have 13 years of name recognition. I've got all these other bloggers that were blogging when I was blogging. I've got all these other peers, people I know talking about the things we talk about, um, We've been friends for years on Facebook. It's very easy for me to say, oh, you should come on my show and talk about your thing, you know? Um, And it's usually, I mean, 99% 
of the guests on this show are people that I already know, and it's as simple as me just saying, um, I'd love to do a show with you. Let me know when you want to do one. Or them pitching me and just saying, you know what? I have a great idea for your show. What do you think about this? And it's, it's very informal. And it's crazy because I'm on these lists for some PR firms where there are women in, in this particular case. There There's a, a few different offices, female PR agents, who have clients who are authors and metaphysical teachers and healers and, you know, all the stuff we love. And um, they pay public relations experts to send out professional pitches for them. And I get this big package. It's very slick and, you know, it's it's graphic and visual and it, it's kind of like a one sheet, I think. Patrick Keller was talking about having a one sheet. Um, it's like a brochure that you get an email, you know, touting this person's accomplishments and why they would be great for your show. And generally within the genre, they, they've they're got they've gotten close and i have picked a few of those people a couple times because i thought that their project was particularly interesting and and thought yeah that that's really cool i'd actually like to talk to them about this my audience would really like that but the vast majority of those just go in a folder because i know so many people who i'm already friends with that i've already talked to and had great conversations with that i can invite on to talk to me in front of you guys and it's it's very low pressure for both of us. So here I am thinking, oh yeah, cool. You know, I I do interviews with people. I talk to strangers all the time. I'm perfectly confident having my face in front of a microphone and producing something, you know, on my computer equipment. You know, all whatever is involved with it, I feel confident that I can do it. But these clients have no idea who I am. They don't know me from Adam. And their audiences don't know me from Adam. And the support people who work around them, their gatekeepers, don't know who I am. They don't listen to Shifter Spirits. So I was like kind of thrown about how to approach this. And I talked to my mentor um, who is kind of a book marketing expert and he works with a lot of authors and his advice is usually adaptable to everything that I do. And, and he said, you know, um, show these people an example of what you can do, make it about them and, um, you know, just link to it. Uh, for example, and this was an example he gave that would work, say, for instance, if you were an author and you were trying to uh, build a network of peers, one of the things he suggested was that you write reviews of your peers' work and send them a link and say, hey, you know what? I did a review of your book on my blog if you'd like to check it out. like That's a great way to just let them know, oh, hey, this person knows what they're talking about and they favorably reviewed my you know, product or my course or my book or whatever it is, and that that's a great way to kind of break the ice maybe with, with someone that you don't know but that you're trying to reach. So I sat down and made a list of some of the clients that I wanted to work with, and there was one particular client that I put at the top 
She was like my A-list get. And I planned it all out months ago. I had this kind of dream client list, but it was a spectrum of like, okay, yeah, I bet this person would probably go for it all the way up. And and a couple of them were people like I kind of have an in with a couple of people I do know um, in this area um, who can help me, you know, produce a pilot, for example. Um, And then I scaled it up to the people who were kind of at the top of the food chain in this particular business who, if I could get them, it would be like, okay, that's a really, that's a big interview to get, or that's a big, um, audio book deal to land or whatever. So I had this one lady in particular, um, who I kind of think of as a queen bee. And what was cool though, is I found online that she was very approachable on a personal level. Um, she responded to me, um, online, just like anybody else does. And, um, we found that we live a lot closer than we would have thought and, um, know a lot of the same hiking areas. And so we talked a lot about hiking and we talked about where we went to college and we did the same degree. And so it was really cool. I had this whole, um, initial, um, interaction with her that was personal. And I was like, okay, I felt really good about it, but then I kind of froze because I was like, I don't want to be the cheese ball that comes in with the second conversation with a big elevator pitch because I don't want it to seem like, oh, I was just talking to you because I was buttering you up so that I could pitch you, you know. Um, and I decided to back off and play it cool and just like hang out in her Facebook community, be friends with her online, you know, interact with her and others and some of the other people on the list. And so I was, you know, kind of working all these people as group. And, um, you know, if you want my advice, by the way, about connecting with people on social media, don't use social media to pitch people that have no connection. Like they don't know who you are. It's very different to be pitched by like, oh yeah, there's that cool guy that I talked about hiking with to just this person who just sent you a friend request and you go, okay, yeah. And you confirm it. And then the next thing you know, you're getting like spam email uh, or, you know, messages or whatever. It doesn't work. Don't do not do that. Um, you got to have some kind of personal connection with people online because that's why we're there. Nobody goes onto Facebook hoping that somebody will hit them up about work. You know, it's like, ooh, that's not fun. Um, so, you know, be yourself, comment as a friend, share common interests, laugh at their jokes, make some of your own. You know, that's that's what you do. Um, so my plan was that I would play it cool and I would kind of work up to her. I would kind of pick some of the lower hanging fruit, starting with my friends and then moving on to the people that they could introduce me to. And then maybe a couple of the other people that seemed accessible, but more likely to say yes to working with me. Um, and I was doing all of that and I was feeling kind of good about it, but I was still really afraid to just pitch this woman who could really make a huge difference in the whole business. Um, it's kind of one of those situations where if I land her as a client, all these other people that I'm asking um, to be my client uh, to work with me are much more likely to say yes because you know it's kind of like a little bit of a kingmaker situation. So 
right as I was starting to pitch a couple of the other people and everyone was cool and they were saying, yeah, you know, um, I wasn't getting any no's whatsoever. So I was building up a little confidence and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pitch her. And then I see that she posted she was going on vacation for two weeks. I was like, oh, crap. Okay. I'll, and, I'm, you know, put a reminder on my phone when she would be back in town. And then another reminder to give her a few days to decompress before I tried to, like, hit her up. And so by the time she got back, we're into all this, like, everything in retrograde. And then that was freaking me out. And next thing I know, she has a book launch. She releases a book and it's like this huge thing and the book exploded and it did really well. And now she's like in this sea of congratulations and people wanting, you know, to high five her and shake her hand. And I'm like, crap. And then, you know, we we have the full moon and the solar flares and, you know, just all this stuff is happening on top of it. And I couldn't tell if I was being procrastinating, if I was procrastinating or if I was being thwarted by astrological forces um the number sequences that i was seeing during all of this angst were coming really hard and fast and i felt like they were encouraging and then this past week when we had the thunder moon eclipse full moon solar flare everything in retrograde i think it was all like july 16th you know um i actually had a terrible week where I decided that my entire new business venture was probably a disaster. And what was I thinking? And I was chasing this dream and I ran right off the cliff, Wiley Coyote style, and I was running in midair thinking, oh crap. You know, um, I had that whole thing that we were talking about in automatic intuition. That's why I had this wonderful advice to offer because I'd already had to talk myself down. Um, and of course, you know what? It was all. The whole freak out, really, honestly, the match was lit by something one stupid person said in an article, a comment to an article on the internet about something adjacent to what I was doing, and it triggered like all these doubts and insecurities, and suddenly I spiraled. And I really had to intellectually talk to myself about sticking to the plan. The plan was working. I made the plan when I was feeling strong and clear. Everyone was saying yes to the plan. This whole, you know, week that I was experiencing, I was feeling weak and muddied and confused, and I did not need to deviate from the plan. That wasn't going to help. So I went to work out. I did the whole, like, step back, put it away, put a pin in it. I'm going to go work out. And on my way to the gym, I was asking for signs. You know, I was like, you know what? I really could use some winks from the universe, some little affirmation, just something. Just, you know, put some little stuff in my path just to make me feel confident in my plan. Remind me that I made a plan in a sane state of mind and it was a good one. And it was cool because I actually had a little bit of a creative intuitive impulse breakthrough moment as I was working out sort of toward the end of my workout, I had a really great idea that um, 
you know, brought me with true momentum back to the the work. Like, oh my gosh, I got to run to my phone and make a note about this. It's a great idea. And so I was already feeling like a little bit, I shed some of the negative stuff and I was feeling a little bit excited again. And I go to leave the gym feeling much better. And I almost step right on a feather on the sidewalk. And you know how we feel about feathers on sidewalks around here. I mean, the homepage of Shifter Spirits is a feather on asphalt. It's like the touchstone, you know, image of so many of the things that I talk about. So I got a feather and I haven't had a feather in a while. So that was awesome. And I was excited about that. That put a little bit pep in my step and I raced back to the car and plugged my phone in and got in the car and I put it on Spotify and I hit shuffle and guess what song it chose? Now or Never Now by Metric. I was just elated, speeding home, driving on the interstate, singing at the top of my lungs, air guitaring furiously. So that was Thursday. Friday morning, when I woke up, it was 8.08. So I don't set an alarm and I have this thing about 808. It's one of my magical numbers. And I have this conception in my mind that when I wake up at 808, that it's going to be a particularly good day. Um, so I was really excited that the second I opened my eyes, I was like, it's 808. Awesome. Because I had a really bad week. And... I realized as I was waking up that I'd been fighting all these kind of omens in my sleep and that just before waking, I was thinking about all that woo-woo stuff, all the thunder, moon, retrograde, eclipse, Mercury hates me, you know, all of that crap. And as I'm making my coffee, I'm, th- I'm already thinking, I got to get under, out from under that. That's driving me nuts. I don't want to make any more decisions from a place of fear and astrological anxiety. That's just stupid. That's just not me. Um, So I took my cats for a walk. I have one cat that goes in and out and one who is indoors. But the indoor kitty needs exercise. And so we've been taking him out on a leash and, you know, going for walks. Walking cats, by the way, is a lot of, like, sitting And then you get up and you walk (laughs) and then you sit somewhere else and you hang out and then you get up and walk. Um, So I've taken to doing like dictation, working on my phone. Um, I do a lot of my reading on my phone while I'm walking the cats. Um, So once I deposit the indoor kitty back inside, then I have a special moment with my indoor outdoor kitty by the pool. We hang out on the pool deck and I give him like my last 15 minutes of that morning session. Um, We hang out just us. And so I was out there on the pool deck and I pulled out my phone. I decided at that point, you know, to kind of check Facebook. And that's when I saw the Gwendolyn Christie article about how she posted, uh, you know, herself, put herself out there for an Emmy nomination and she got it. And I was like, hell yes. And then... I saw the client, the big queen bee client that I've been courting, who's been so busy and unavailable. I saw her online on Facebook. And in that moment, 
she mentioned that she was giving herself the morning off to kind of bask in the glow of her big book launch. And I looked at the timestamp for when she posted it and it was like one minute. Like she just said, I'm hanging out, it's morning, and I'm, you know, taking the day off or whatever. So I literally raced from the pool deck to my office, grabbed my laptop, and sent her my pitch right then and there in that moment. Because I wrote it months ago. I'd just been hanging on to it, like looking for the perfect moment to send it. And, you know, it's Mercury retrograde. So I reread it really quick just to make sure there wasn't any stupid typos or, you know, error in word choice kind of scenarios going on. It looked fine. I've read it a million times. I've edited it. I just sent it just as quickly as I possibly could while I was just feeling all the love for Gwendolyn Christie and her, you know, badass baldness. And, you know, one of the things about Mercury retrograde is there are some things that are it's really, really good for. And one of them is good for completing projects that you've already started, where you've got loose ends, like things are lingering from one phase and you can't move on until you kind of tie those loose ends up. And in my mind in that moment, I thought, you know what, I need to tie this up. It's been it's been lingering for too long. This is not a new thing at this point. This is an old, stale fear, and it needs to be acted on. And you know what? She answered, answered my pitch immediately and said, absolutely. Yes, thank you for asking me. Those were her exact words. And she's a pro, too, because you know what? She filled out my information form. She got on my online schedule and booked um, a call with me. Bam, bam, bam. Done. The irony is that I was going to work up to her. And she ends up being the first person that I'm going to talk to. Out of the whole project, the whole business. The conversation with her is going to be the very first thing that I do. The moment that she posted in her private Facebook community about the project that she was doing with me, all the other pitches, all the other potential clients on my list, whom many I had asked already, many of them had given me verbal yeses, but a lot of them had not followed through. A lot of them hadn't done the form yet. They hadn't got on my schedule yet. They all fell like dominoes that Friday morning after she said yes and put it out there that she was doing it, bam, 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 everybody else started sending me their information. It was just as I had planned it months ago when I was in a better state of mind. I knew that if I could get her on board, it would have an impact on everyone else. And you know what I realized from this whole experience that I feel like is the reason why I'm telling it to you as a story. My experience gives me the confidence to ask to do these projects because I know that I can deliver audio. I know that I can interview people. I know that I can record stuff, mix stuff, produce things, make the right kind of files. Um, I know how to do it. I've done it hundreds of times. And so it gives me a really basic, confident energy 
even though my resume and my name recognition is not coming to bear at all, there is just an innate sense of like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm going to do it. I put it out there. And the fact that she didn't know who I was, other than the few private interactions she had with me, so she knew I was a real person and she liked me and we had things in common, and my confidence and my pitch was an easy yes for her. So what does that tell you? You don't have to be somebody to ask somebody to let you do your thing. Whatever your thing is that you want to do, you already want to do it. You're already you. You're already the you that's going to be doing these things. Put it out there. Nobody knows that you can't. They all assume that you can and that you will. So go do it. One piece of advice about pitching people, if that's part of what you need to do. I learned this about a decade ago from my very first content marketing mentor. I worked for someone who was a very successful email marketer back in 2003, 2004. And I learned something from her that has really, really served me well and was built into these you know, pitches and asking people for things that I'm talking about. If you want someone to do something for you, set it up and present it to them in such a way that all they have to do is say okay. So for instance, don't ask someone, hey, can, can I get online with you and um, pick your brain about blah, blah, blah. Okay, um, yeah, their, their first thought is, okay, when am I going to do it? Um, you know, how long is it going to be? You know, what is the scope of this conversation? Don't put that on the person that you're asking the favor for. You figure all that out. Say, hey, I need an hour of your time. I'd like to ask you five questions about blah, blah, blah. Um, and I can do it, you know, anytime during the day, during business hours that works for you. Bam. All they have to do is say, okay. Yeah, okay. So anyway, it's now or never. Not doing it at some point is going to be worse than all the fear and uncertainty of trying. You don't have to be somebody to ask somebody to let you do your thing. Just go do it. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I promise to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that, hold it in your mind, or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now.
You're manifesting your own living nightmares by constantly thinking about worst-case scenarios. What if this happens? What if that doesn't happen? Fear and doubt, analysis paralysis. One of the ways to break this spell is to make a list of all the things you've done right this year. All your accomplishments, big and small. Once you see those in black and white, you have a way back into the light of your own power. Back to the mindset where you can make a great plan. And I'll talk to you later.